HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. Hardcore is a new series from Heritage Radio Network. Over six episodes, we're taking a close look at the rebirth of American cider. Really, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that cider started to be revitalized in the United States. From the science of fermentation. So yeast, it's a fungus. It's a unicellular fungus. To the magic of terroir. What really excites us is thinking about communicating that very sort of spiritual aspect of knowing a piece of land. We're setting aside our cider donuts to gain a deeper understanding of this singular beverage. I love a cider donut. You don't have to have a cider donut with your cider, and I will die on that point. Subscribe to Hardcore wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world. About a million listens a month. And right now, on Tuesday, November 26th at 6.17 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am very confident that all of them are listening to Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk with innovators and influencers in the food tech space. And today we're doing a special holiday-ish episode. We're going to try and put some giving into the Thanksgiving week and talk about apps that do good things for the world and help feed people and help reduce food waste on the way perhaps to zero waste. Here to talk to me today and to talk with all of you is Sabine Valenga, who is co-founder and CMO of a company called Food for All. Sabine, thank you so much for coming. I discovered her company, and she founded it in Boston, which is wonderful, but I was worried that she wouldn't be able to come on the show because she's far away, and they've recently relocated to New York. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting. And yeah, I'm glad that this worked out too. We just moved in here to Brooklyn, so it's very cool to be at Heritage Radio. So before we get started, and... Food for All is actually an app, and if you are a regular listener to Heritage Radio, you may have heard it mentioned uh, maybe, I think, two episodes back. 
um, when we had Chloe, the founder of Fresh Bowls, which is an awesome salad in a jar vending machine. That's a true, real thing that exists in New York City. And she mentioned, as one of her favorite apps, Food for All. So I'm going to ask you, Sabine, what's your favorite app right now? And the only rule is that you can't talk about an app that you own or <laughs> have founded or work on. So we'll be talking about Food for All later. But do you have something else that lives on your phone that you really like right now? I think that uh, I just downloaded uh, the app for Daily Harvest. Do you know the, the subscription service for um, smoothies and bowls and all? So I've been for a while now fascinated about their brand and following their trajectory. And for the first time last week, I downloaded it and I just keep looking at it because it's just so pretty. And um, I'm looking forward for my first, first delivery tomorrow. Um, so you downloaded the app and you have your first order. Yeah, tomorrow it's coming. So let's see how that goes. And are you a fan of the smoothies or this is really brand market research? It's... A little bit of both. <laughs> um, I think I am, um, yeah, I've been, I'm not having breakfast lately, so I don't know when I'm going to uh, have so many smoothies, but um, I can definitely find somewhere in the middle of the afternoon to actually enjoy them. Um, but there's definitely a lot of research there too, and it's just, um, yeah. <laughs> they had a very good subway campaign, subway ad campaign. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything that they do is just right on spot and just beautiful and you see and you understand what they do and what they're all about so I I'm the app is the same so I download it and let's yeah okay <laughs> well maybe you can report back and let us know if the actual smoothies live up to the app and the marketing yeah personally I also um yeah I also wish they have something about um re reusing their uh, like Chloe but reusing their bowls and all um hopefully they're going to implement that soon um but let's see. And see how it comes with the shipping and the packaging. That's yeah. always a big part of it also. Right. Mm -hmm. Back there in Mission Control, we have our sound engineer and the studio manager, Matt Patterson. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good. Do you have an app that you like? I have a question about an app. Okay. So I'm remembering a defunct app. Okay. And I have my laptop up and hooked up to the Wi-Fi, so <laughs> I'm ready. So, there once was an app named... There once was an app named... Fallen Fruit. Fallen Fruit. And okay. Fallen Fruit was a way, sort of a, a mapping app, for one to find fruit trees or other foraging resources around you that were like underutilized or ripe now and you could go there and, and sort of take advantage of the the extra. But I don't think it's currently supported or active anymore and I'm wondering if there's an app that like, is there an app or a website that, that exists uh, to take its place? <clears throat> so there are two fallen fruits online. One is fallenfruit.org, which is a contemporary art collective. So that's probably not the one you're that thinking about. That sounds nourishing, but for the soul and the mind. Yes, exactly. There is something called fallingfruit.org, which is to map the urban harvest. That's the one, falling. Mm-hmm. Falling the, fruit. The G's, so, the G's get you. Yeah, exactly. So it's now a website with tree inventories. The last time I looked at it, it didn't seem 
particularly active to me. But I'm just trying to get the word out there because this is a good idea. It's I, a database. I, it's a 501c3 nonprofit. You can donate to PayPal. It is built by and for foragers. It's a tool for the contemporary forager. You can send feedback. Because you, have you had this experience of, you know, you, you, you're walking around and you find this fruit tree that the neighbor... Well, I mean, see, this is the thing I used to experience a lot in Southern California. I have not experienced so much here, which is like... Oh, those people have the rosemary bush that's amazing. <laughs> oh, those people have the orange tree that they don't collect oranges from. So go to the website. It is active. There's an activity tab, and there are recent updates from the past 24 hours. The first two are American persimmons. We are deep in persimmon season right now. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, I need to... Okay, so this is not an app that I use. This is an app that I need to get back to. This is a website you need now. This is... Okay. Fallingfruit.org. There's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Maybe that was my error because I definitely was accessing it as an app, you know, a year or more ago. Maybe they had an app seem... at some point. Yeah. Um, there's a whole about section in the press sharing the harvest. Anyway. And is yeah. that only about fruit or is that any type of food, you think? I think it's harvest things. It's, it's Yeah, it's things, it's... Fruits Produce. or vegetables or herbs that you could harvest Foragers. in your in, in forage for in the world. It is a celebration of the overlooked culinary bounty of our city streets. Hmm. Sometimes even when I'm walking between the 100 Bogart studio or the 100 Bogart offices and our Roberta's studio, I see, uh, oh my God, what do we call it? Um, oh, Lamb's Quarter. And growing, and I'm like, but I'm in Bushwick. Is this lamb's quarter safe to eat? I don't know. Well, check it out. There's a lot of stuff happening, and yeah. it's international. People from around the world. They have a list of translators. Urban foraging. Yeah. So there you go. I'm glad. I'm glad it's still alive. It's still alive. Maybe an easy way to follow it is on Instagram, also, which is falling fruit is their handle, all one word. Global Collective Map of the Urban Harvest. Falling fruit is not associated with fallen fruit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Excellent, excellent question. Mystery solved. So I am happy to have Sabine here. As I said, uh, I had initially looked at the website for her company, and they were founded in Boston, so I'm happy to have her and her company be down in New York City, which means she can sit with us in Roberta's Pizza in our shipping container studio and talk about food for all. So Thanksgiving is on Thursday. If you're listening from one of those 165 countries, Thanksgiving is a very American holiday. It's centered around some dubious history of American immigration and immigrants here and Indians and the indigenous people and there seem to be more and more stories about Thanksgiving's origins being how would you describe them Matt maybe not quite the um, picture postcard that we grow up hearing about but anyway it's focused primarily around food and a big meal and the interesting thing about Thanksgiving is that it's the one meal that universally most Americans eat the same kind of food um, other holidays are, have a lot of different cultural differences, but you know people kind of gather around a big turkey and pumpkin pie and things like that. So that makes it interesting. And at this time of year, 
the whole point is to give thanks for the things you have. So I like to do an episode where we put some giving back into Thanksgiving. And Food for All is the perfect food tech app to talk about. The concept is really very simple. Restaurants have food at the end of the day that's already prepared that maybe they can't keep to the next day. And they would like to sell it. So the same way sometimes, you know, you go into a coffee shop or maybe you go into a bakery and maybe after 5 p.m. or something, you know, pastries are 50% off or it's two for one. Imagine that in an app. And then people could purchase it and then go in and pick it up. So two things happen. One, restaurants and food shops get to sell all of their inventory instead of having it go to waste. And two, people in the neighborhood get to have really delicious and wonderful things at really small, really, really small, super value prices. I was looking at the app this afternoon to get ready for the show, and there are th- everything was under $7, I think. Right, yeah. Under $7 here in New York, in Boston, it's everything almost under $5, so it's really crazy deals. So how did you come up with this idea? It seems so obvious now. I, I love hearing that it's an obvious idea because, um, yeah, it, I, I, we hear a lot that it should, it's something that should have uh, existed since a long time now, and it's, uh, we're glad to get this momentum now where people are being more aware of the issue of food waste and how um, important it is that we do something about it. So, um, But yeah, the idea actually came um, from, I have to say, (laughs) one of John Oliver's pieces on the food waste and actually talking about the food waste scandal and how uh, about a third of the food that is produced globally is wasted. And back then, that was 2016, I uh, I was an architect, so that's my background. I came to the US uh, from Brazil where I'm from, um, to study architectural and architectural design and cities, that's where I kind of fell in love for how design and technology can actually impact for the world, for a better world um, and, and city lives. Um, and I was working as an architect. I already uh, knew David, who is one of my co-founders and CEO. He was, um, he had just graduated from his MBA in Boston, and he started his first startup that was um, in the event space. So it was kind of a book your sustainable um, event um, or organize, plan your own sustainable event. Uh, But then we heard about the issue of food waste. Uh, We were both, um, again, international students uh, really living on a budget in very expensive cities. So let's say that um, living on price markdowns and uh, being very, very thankful already for this um, coffee shops and local places around campus that would do already this kind of last hour deal was part of our daily lives. And when we realized that these restaurants were not only helping us with the discount, but actually they were part of this bigger purpose of avoiding food waste. Um, we thought that really there was no reason of why um, all restaurants shouldn't be doing the same. And more importantly, for a bigger audience, right? Because as you mentioned, like all these coffee shops that already do these last hour deals, um, they do that for their local consumers that are there at that time. Um, so what we really saw the opportunity in Food for All is creating this platform that would actually advertise them for doing this 
really amazing and admirable thing, which is um, discounting their food before they throw it away. Um, so I think that's where the idea came uh, to be. We, that was in the end of 20, 2017. Um, we were both <laughs> uh, broke and our visas were about to expire. Um, so I mentioned I'm from Brazil, David is from Mexico. So we kind of had to, we had this amazing idea. We developed an entire business plan and uh, we just had to act fast. So we couldn't take kind of the traditional route of angel funding. Um, so we decided to launch a Kickstarter campaign. Um, everything was very fast. Uh, and then after... And it was a successful campaign. Uh, the media picked it uh, very fast. So uh, in two, uh, two weeks into the campaign, uh, we were already in the Today Show and we didn't have wow. anything. We just had a mock-up of the, of the <coughs> app, nothing coded. Um, but that was just like a statement that the public was ready for something like this. So it was also kind of like our market research while we were raising the initial funding. And we were very proud to be one of... It's not really um, common that you see an app that is funded by Kickstarter or funded by its very own users. So, um, yeah, and that kind of, it's one of our biggest statements now, statements and um, values now that it's really food for all, by all. <laughs> food for all, by all. That's great. Uh, I'm curious, do you recall what time of year it was when you were launching? Was it around the holidays when people were really focused on that or the kickstarter campaign mm -hmm. um so it was the end so uh we closed it so it was in the beginning of november and i will never forget because so it was a time of year when people have that and kind of charitable giving yes. gift giving community and that definitely top of mind. helped mm -hmm. until uh it was right in the middle of the elections and after in the third week trump won <laughs> Um, so I will never and then forget. And all the, the money went to other places. <laughs> and it was like you could see we got so much momentum in the campaign, and then it just stopped. Like it was flat. I think people just didn't want to give anymore. <laughs> or people sh shifted where they gave their money to. Right. Um, I think there are a lot of nonprofits that had a similar experience or people looking to raise money that had a similar experience in 2016. Yeah, I talked to a lot of, uh, there was an event at Kickstarter, and I talked to a lot of uh, companies that were also in the same situation, and that definitely, we were not the only ones. I think a lot of money went to, I, I, if I recall correctly, the ACLU raised like over a million dollars overnight. Oh, really? ACLU and Planned Parenthood got a lot of money. Oh, that makes me actually happy mm -hmm. because I, I only had the impression that it was just flat and nobody wanted no, to give it, anymore. It went but specifically to different, it went specifically to got it. things that people were concerned about. Interesting. Mm -hmm. There was actually in the news a lot of Planned Parenthood donations in Mike Pence's name so that he would get the thank you for donating to Planned Parenthood letter. Oh, that's mm -hmm. smart. Yes. Yeah. Uh, an avalanche of, of thank you for donating yeah. to Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for us it was definitely flat and then just in the end, literally the last days that we were able to pick it up again. Well, that worked out. Yeah, um, it was great. Uh, because of the media also, we uh, got to meet our third co-founder, the CTO and developer um, that was uh, back then working as a software engineer in Boston. Um, he joined the team just initially to help us uh, understand who we would go into hire to develop the app. And in the end, he just took it, um, the, the project for, its, for himself and joined us full time. Um, then there in 2017, we were um, just developing the app and doing beta testing in Cambridge. Um, we launched the app uh, public uh, in January 2018 and 
been focused on Boston ever since. And then just uh, in the beginning of this year, we knew already that the next step was for us to go to come to New York City, um, where the market is seven times bigger for us. The density of people and restaurants is just perfect for a concept like um, food for all. So, um, so yeah, here we are. It's worth saying that, you know, we do talk about food waste so much and it's not just, you know, food waste from your apartment or from the local restaurant. One of the just sort of staggering statistics that's out now on the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, their website is FAO.org. Their current uh, report that's on their website about food waste says that one-third of the food produced in the world gets wasted, and that is approximately 1.3 billion, with a B, tons of food, which is amazing. Um, and they say that it amounts to $680 billion in industrialized countries and $310 billion in developing countries, which is outrageous sums of money and quantities of food that are just being wasted could feed everybody for a long time with all that food with less yeah you mm -hmm. could feed everybody with a quarter of that mm -hmm. that amount so it's when we talk about food waste it's real it's not just a you know fancy fun charity event with chefs where we talk about it in lofty concepts or you know, the, the bagels at the store at the end of the day. It really is something serious that needs to be taken a look at. So this is what makes it really easy and really accessible to people to do something about it. Is it actually restaurants using and food shops using and selling the food at the end of the day? Are they producing new food sometimes? Are they... Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I'm finding an, a market for people who are interested in a four dollar and seventy three cent, you know, yeah. bento box at the end of the day. Right. And, hey, maybe we should just be making these. Um, so no, since the beginning, we were aware that we didn't, we couldn't afford to become just another discount app. And the way that we would do that is actually by sticking to our mission. That is what actually makes it. Um, so easy for people to pick up the concept and um, and actually share it with friends and excited about because it is actually um, an app that is kind of fixing a system that now is broken. Restaurants are not going to stop overproducing so soon. Um, so the way that we actually um, kind of make sure that they are not overproducing to sell through Food for All is because of the big discount. Um, so it, it's at least 50% off that we are asking them to to um, discount now. Um, and that's just, uh, it's just what makes them using really what is uh, existing inventory. Um, and that's what it's different about uh, our model as well, because normally when restaurants um, hear about different apps or just they always, uh, or different, um, uh, solutions they always pitch in a way that it's increasing the revenue and revenue it's something that it's always attached to cost right for you to increase your revenue and you have to increase your cost as well and restaurant margins are just so tight that um, it's just the way that they uh, they're trained to think about but but with food for all um, all the uh, the costs that are involved in preparing that food and labor and for rent they're all sunk costs right now because they are already there so there is no 
extra costs involved into selling um, through Food for All. So that means that every dollar that they make through our app is actually straight to the bottom line, straight profit. And it's not delivery. People come and pick it up. It's really pick so up. So you're yeah. not getting into that delivery scenario where you're paying a driver, there's a thing. That's exactly it's just it. people place the order and they come and they pick it up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, It's a little bit simpler. Yeah, because uh, food waste is really a logistical problem. There is people that want it in at one side, there is extra in another, um, and it's just a matter of communicating and making sure that you're reaching to the right people at the right time. Um, so um, it's only pickup and it's only within restaurants business hours. So that's another um, important thing in the puzzle, which is um, our customers are getting the same quality of food and service as regular customers, but we are really targeting slow hours. So pickup window is usually one or two hours before they close or when restaurants shift uh, menus from breakfast to lunch or from lunch to dinner. Interesting. I'm going to maybe give it a try uh, this week while I'm around New York. And when you you can download the app on the um, App Store or on Google Play for Android. And, you know, you search or you tell it where you are via, you know, your location. And then it'll populate places that are around you, which is kind of fun, actually. It's it's an interesting idea. And I kid you not, the prices are, you know, $5.30 and $4 and... It's really inexpensive and really reasonably priced. I can see it being great for a lot of different kinds of people, but who doesn't want to save money? Correct, yeah. (laughs) Well, here at Heritage Radio, we are not discounted and we are not 50% off. We're an interesting space of being free content for all. You can listen to over 20 or 30,000 hours, is it? Something? It's a huge, huge number. I just round up to 1 billion. One billion hours of food radio. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Amazing content for free. But we are a 501c3 nonprofit, and we do actually need money to make the radio and keep the mics on and keep everything working. So if you want to put some giving into Thanksgiving, like this amazing sponsor, visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. And while you're Hitting that website, listen to who the amazing company is who's sponsoring this episode. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today we are focusing on giving, because it is Thanksgiving week here in 
the U.S. of A., where we celebrate being thankful for the bounty of the food. And we have a lot of bounty and a lot of food that we're thankful for here at Heritage Radio. So I always like to do a show where we give people an opportunity to think about maybe doing something in a different way and think about changing what they do every day. That'll have a great impact and maybe give something back to someone else. So it's not just restaurants who partner with you on your app. Tell us about some of your other partners. So the for the user's side, uh, they only see really the restaurants that we partner with and that the, the, that where they can get uh, surplus meals. Um, but there's also big part of our efforts is actually going thinking about partners that we can connect in the same um, platform uh, in a way that is just uh, making sure that food is not wasted, but at the same time that people is uh, being fed. Um, so there is a lot of effort um, that we have in actually bringing uh, nonprofits um, and people in the anti-hunger uh, space um, because we saw Food for All as, or we see Food for All as this platform that can actually fill in the gaps for a bunch of these institutions and organizations um, in uh, what they're doing. So there are basically two ways that we are partnering with nonprofits, and I love the question um, because normally they uh, people immediately think that we could potentially be um, competitors for nonprofits, and uh, and then the answer actually is that we are uh, complement complementing we are complementary with the, for their service. Um, so one way that we are partnering with them is that. Um, they are referring restaurants that for some reason they cannot work with, um, either because of, I don't know, they don't meet the minimum uh, amount required or some uh, safety uh, procedure, or I don't know, here in New York City, it's hard for a truck to actually stop and um, get the It can food be very from... challenging oh. to donate food to any entity or institution. There's a lot of um, health and safety regulations about the food itself, how it should be transferred, what condition it should be in. Right. There's a lot of regulations about trucks and driving them around and delivery. And then it takes a lot of people power to organize these things and then get the food and distribute it. So there has to be a certain volume for it to be worthwhile for the restaurant or for the nonprofit to engage in the transaction. So there's a lot of stuff happening out there that makes it sometimes not quite so easy to put two and two together. That's exactly it. So uh, the way that we're working with them is that they're referring these restaurants that reach out to them um, and they, for some reason, as you mentioned, cannot fulfill their or their um, uh, par their partnership. They are referring to us, so they sell that we sell that meal, and but at the same time, then we pro uh, donate the proceeds at that that. Uh, that restaurant generated to the nonprofit, and then in this way, we are literally transforming surplus meals into monetary donation that can be so more impactful for nonprofits. So, what are some of the nonprofit partners you're working with right now? Um, here in New York, we are working with the Greater Boston Food Bank. Uh, we have one of actually a very interesting um, concept here in Brooklyn called Lama Inn. Um, have you heard about them? They're this um, contemporary Peruvian um, restaurant, delicious food, and they are. Um, they told us that they don't have a lot of surplus at the end of the day because uh, different than a lot of our partners, they. Um, 
they cook uh, meals on demand, right? They're a full-service restaurant, but they do have a lot of leftover ingredients. And what they told us is that they, um, what they do with these ingredients is that they cook this family dinner or family meal for staff before service starts. Um, but then they have leftover of that meal. But at the same time, uh, it's delicious meals cooked by chefs. Uh, they get creative and they get competitive. So it's basically one chef competing because against the other. they're cooking for each other. Exactly. Um, family so meal is restaurant. You know, it's the meal that you sit down. Everybody who works there eats together. So it's they're cooking for each other, which is a, a very different framework right sometimes. and they are really these hidden gems in the city that the public has no access to and then with food for all now um, they're selling their leftovers of their uh, family meals uh, to our users so and they're getting it for four dollars um, so is it's there a, a way to search family meal in the app Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Just go. There's a different... It's a different... Um, Matt's nodding his head in the booth. Nice. <laughs> family meal is where it's at. If I can get on family meal at various restaurants, I'm into it. Amazing. Yeah. I think they offer every Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, and it's really, as I mentioned, a hidden gem. Um, and, at the sa- and what they did also is agreeing to donate their proceeds. So you're getting a family deal, family meal for $4.00. That money is being donated to the to the uh, food bank for New York City, and with every dollar, the food bank for New York City can actually provide five meals to people in need. So that means that you're providing um, 20 meals to somebody in need for a family meal that you just scored for four dollars. So um, we call this the meal multiplier program in Boston with our um, partners. I think we have five restaurants that are donating. Um, we are a generator over. over um, 100,000 meals uh, through the Greater Boston Food Bank, um, and that represents almost $35,000 just this year. Um, so it's really understanding Food for All as um, also as a, a fundraising tool for for these organizations, and that's something that gets us very excited about. That's you know, it's it's amazing that you have all this framework and all these relationships happening behind the scenes. So many things are successful because the interface, the app on the phone, it makes it so easy for us. We just click, 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 you know, a couple of thumb clicks and you're, you have it. It's what makes things like Seamless and Grubhub so popular and easy to use. And people don't necessarily think about what's happening behind the scenes. And sometimes that's not good. In this case, <laughs> it is good. So people don't need to know about the behind the scenes, but it's good to know that if they wanted to or they took a look, it would be. So how do so consumers, people just download the app and then they sign up and then they use it just like any other food ordering app. It's mm-hmm. very easy. How do businesses, how do restaurants become partners with you and then how do nonprofits become partners with you? Because that's two different sets of right. um, so businesses. Right. So for restaurants now, uh, we have a a small team, so we have limited bandwidth. So even though we do want to be everywhere (coughs) as fast as we can, we have to be mindful about our um, really following through our go-to-market strategy and focusing on the areas that we selected that um, we need to to focus now. Uh, We work on micro ecosystems, so it's not that we see the city as just one market, right? There's a lot of different markets within um, each city. Um, because so it's not delivery people are picking up. So it is very much where people are walking, if they're on the way to the subway from their work or the radio or to the apartment or the gym. Exactly. York, and for especially us, in New York, it's very much about your, your walk path, your walking route. 
Right. So for us, we have to be either close to where people live or where people work or in their commute, right? And uh, we have to, I think one of our main challenges as a company is really balancing out uh, supply and demand. So number of restaurants and number of users that we have on the app. Um, and we deal with that really going from micro, micro ecosystem to micro ecosystem. Uh, we always start um, focusing on um, campus, c campus um, college campuses. That's where Uh, kind of the early adopters of the of the app are um, college kids. They're on a budget. They get the concept fast, and more importantly, they are excited to share it uh, with their peers. Excited about the concept and excited about getting free meals because every person that you refer to the app, you get free meals. So, um, but to answer your question, uh, the work now is really um, door to door, and it's us uh, not talking to every restaurant. Um, and now we are really starting to focus more on partnerships and see how we can make these warm intros happen because that just goes a long, long way, especially for a new concept. Um, and then the nonprofits, um, it's also everything is about referrals and it's about uh, the network. So, um, yeah. Food Bank for New York City is a wonderful organization. It's the umbrella food bank for New York City, which is why it's the Food Bank for New York City, but it um, takes in donations of food and money and services and then helps distribute them to different uh, pantries and organizations and things like that around the city. So a donation into the Food Bank for New York City then filters out to the network of Of, I think it's a couple, maybe 2,000 or something like that at this point. It's, it's a so huge, huge number of programs across the city that they support. So, um, you know, $1 here is five meals there. It turns into this, turns into that. So, I mean, certainly we have enough food and money. And from one point of view, when you look at the reports and the statistics, it just it is seem to be sometimes a question of putting, you know, people into the right place of the people who have it, the people who are buying it. Yeah. It's a really, really great idea. Uh, you know, it, it might be interesting to introduce you to uh, a couple really uh, wonderful uh, CEO founders, a few other women who are, you know, involved in the food tech space who have been guests on this show. We're a big, big, we're big, big fans of women founders. Uh, Crystal Mobayani, who's the founder of and the CEO of Bento Box, which is the restaurant website right. company. That would be an interesting partnership because they're doing digital platforms for all the restaurants. Yeah, I would love that. That would be great. And then I'm also thinking of a woman named Deepti Sharma who has a, a company um, which is Food to Eat, which is small businesses, um, mostly women and immigrant-owned, mm. then being a B2B resource. So corporations and companies who have... Uh, enterprise catering needs contact food to eat and then they have a resource of restaurants and food companies that they work with to huh. connect that it's a very interesting b2b model yeah. she's fantastic also but that might be an you know to connect with other founders who are working with restaurants in different ways mm -hmm. that could potentially be Yeah, I think we're all about that exactly, about understanding really what's going on, what exists already in this industry, and seeing how we could potentially fill in the gaps and help each other out. So at this stage of your company, I always like to ask uh, new founders, what, what, what's the one thing that would really 
take your business to the next level? What's the thing that you're looking for right now that would have the greatest impact of taking Food for All to the next stage? That's a great question. Um, there's a lot of answers. <laughs> um, I would say is really finding these influencers and finding these people in the industry that can lead the movement, the, uh, the zero food waste movement, and make a stand that not only bringing their business into the platform, but also being evangelists um, in their own micro-ecosystems. I think finding these people, um, it's just, it will go such a long way. Okay, well, there you have it, Food for All. Download the app, get some great discounted delicious food, make a little bit of a difference. It all sounds pretty good. Who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want to save money, eat something delicious, and make a difference? There you go. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to do that. <laughs> if you would like to do that, Food for All is spelled out, F-O-O-G-F-O-R-A-L-L.com. As I said, you can find them in the App Store and in Google Play. If you want to follow them on social media, they are Food for All App, A-P-P, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's easy. Download it. Try it. You never know. I think Matt's going to be looking for family meal tomorrow. Maybe it's Wednesday. It's family meal day on the app. I've already downloaded. I'm currently... You know, looking, monkeying, monkeying around. <laughs> Matt's going to have llama and family meal tomorrow for lunch. I can see it. If you enjoyed this show, come back and listen on Tuesday next week at 6.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you really loved it, maybe go to iTunes, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, download it, take it with you. If you think it's really important to have conversations about food and the things we eat and making a more delicious and equitable world for everybody, go to heritageradionetwork.org backslash donate. You know, give us maybe what you spent on lunch today. What was your last order in the app? You know, $11, $18, $19. We'll take it. We'll make more radio. It'll last forever. And it'll be wonderful. I am Jennifer Laitze, and this is Tech Bites. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.